What a match. This is what the WWE Championship is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Oh! A open cowbell driven in the, the spine of Bradshaw. Look at this. Again. Oh, again. Look at that, though. Look at the intensity of Latino heat here. I tell you, your back, your skin will wilt up pretty quickly after being whipped like that by Guerrero. I'm sure all the traditionalists of the Great American Bash, the fans, the wrestling fans, love this match. It's like a throwback match. Now what? Eddie's got Eddie control. Guerrero touches that, that first turnbuckle. Can Eddie Guerrero get to the final three and retain his title? Eddie Guerrero desperately trying to get to the final quarter. Bradshaw has touched. Oh, oh he did. Bradshaw touched as well. Now we got lights on. First turnbuckle touch, green and red. Bradshaw now touches the second turnbuckle. So Bradshaw now up two turnbuckles yeah. to one. Actually, yeah. it's two-two. Two. Oh, man. And look at that. Bradshaw touched off the clothesline. They both touched that third one. We are at three and three. The next person to touch the turnbuckle will win the title. That's right. That light should be on, but don't worry about the lights. He can touch. Bradshaw's going to get it. Come Bradshaw on. arm length away. Bradshaw's going to get it. trying to hang on. Desperately trying to hang on. Inches away, Bradshaw. Come on, Eddie. Dig down deep, Eddie. Dig down deep, Eddie. Pull him in, Eddie. Rain him in, Eddie. Look at this. Eddie Guerrero. And he's going to pull him in. And that cowbell to the back. Whoever touches that top turnbuckle. Eddie Guerrero. The general manager, I need to do the right thing. And I need to make sure that the, the right decision was made. And Eddie, I think we all need to see the footage of the end of that match. We all need to see it, so would you please show the footage? What is please. Kurt Angle talking? I don't know. I don't... Okay, this is the end of the match here. Eddie dives over. Eddie Guerrero dives over and... Eddie, as you can see, as you can see, Eddie, as we can all see, that John Bradshaw Layfield's shoulder touched before your hand touched. Now the rules state, now listen to me, I don't make the rules, but the rules state that it doesn't matter which part of your body touches. All that matters is who touches first. Eddie, I'm sorry. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I am sorry, Eddie, but as the general manager of SmackDown, I have to announce that the winner of this match is the new WWE Champion, John Bradshaw Layfield. Oh my God, wow. Oh man, I believe this. JBL thought he lost. Eddie Guerrero is crushed. JBL is the new champion. Wow. And as much as I hate to say it after watching that replay, 
I believe the general manager was right. Preston didn't kill all the replay, but I... what a way to win a match, to win a championship, but what a way to lose a championship. Well, unfortunately, we have a new WWE champion, the man who guaranteed victory tonight. John Bradshaw Layfield. Hey. Look at a crushed, a dejected Eddie Guerrero. Well, I'll tell you what. JBL, he did guarantee victory. And he worked his tail off to be to, to do this, to get to this level. But Eddie Guerrero has nothing to sweat, nothing to be ashamed of. He left his heart in that ring like this every single night. Wrestling fans, at this time, it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce what you have been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is the Dirty Dog Darcy. So you can shut up and realize I am not the flavor of the month. I am not the next big thing in the WWE. I'm the only thing. I'm the only thing that matters because I am the best in the world at what I do. I'll say it again, I'm the best in the world at what I do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? And you're listening to The Dog House with me, the Dirty Dog Darcy, over at MainEventStatus.com. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past? When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. And on this podcast, I talk about anything that's on my mind. Movies, wrestling, music, pop culture, politics, whatever. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Did you see it? What is it? We got it! Oh, what is it? Will there be any more of them? I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Now let's get into the podcast. Keep firing, assholes! Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Enough, I get the point. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Judgment Day. The Dirty Dog Darcy guaranteed the victory over Eddie Guerrero. And at Judgment Day, the Dirty Dog delivered victory over Eddie Guerrero. And like I always do, what I say I do, what I want, I get. Oh, sorry guys, I thought I was cutting a promo on Eddie Guerrero at the Great American Bash 2004. 
for the Texas Bowl match, which is what I'm reviewing today on the Doghouse Podcast, number seven, I think you, eight, nine, I don't remember, I'm sure it's pretty eight, whatever number it is, it doesn't matter, you guys know what it is, so if you are listening to the Doghouse Podcast, on me covering this match two of the three-match trilogy between John Bradshaw Layfield and Eddie Guerrero from 2004. I had my buddy Adam on to talk to me, to talk with me about this match with JBL and Eddie Guerrero from Great American Bash, a Texas Bull match. We will we'll be talking a little bit about the upcoming draft here in a few days as of me recording this ep- episode and uploading it. We will be discussing the whole Brock Lesnar news from last week and as of us recording from UFC 200, his match with Mike Hunt and him, Brock Lesnar winning the match and all that, and or the fight and the whole uh, happenings of Brock Lesnar failing his piss test or something along those lines. Uh, if you guys want breaking news about current day pro wrestling, huh? this ain't really the podcast for you. I'm sorry, but thank you guys for tuning in. Getting my in my guests' thoughts about all that fun stuff. As the last podcast, when I had Joe drilling on to talk about their Judgment Day match, I really love JBL's promo from the Great American Bash. I feel like it was more serious. It wasn't so much of a campaigning for presidency in 2004. I really love it because as a heel, JBL promised victory at the last pay-per-view, which he did. Also, Eddie Guerrero got himself disqualified. JBL then so he also cheated and used a steel chair on Eddie Guerrero, but whatever. And JBL's going to look uh, look past that a little bit. But, yeah, JBL guaranteed victory at Judgment Day and won. JBL's promo at the Great American Bash was more serious, was more... You know what? Instead of me trying to find the words to describe his promo. Let me insert the audio of his promo right now. At Judgment Day, John Bradshaw Layfield guaranteed victory over Eddie Guerrero. And at Judgment Day, John Bradshaw Layfield delivered victory over Eddie Guerrero. Like I always do. What I say, I do. What I want, I get. The only reason that Eddie Guerrero is WWE Champion right now is because he got himself disqualified on purpose at Judgment Day. That is fact. That is documented fact. Tonight, Eddie, you can't get yourself disqualified because there are no disqualifications. This is my match. The Texas Bull Rope match. My rules. I am going to drag your carcass all over this arena. I have been vilified by the press, by the people. I'd say by my peers, but I have no peers. Well, today is the day of reckoning. Today is John Bradshaw Layfield's vindication. The day I shove it down you people's throats. You would think in Norfolk, Virginia, a military town that a great American like me at the Great American Bash would receive a hero's welcome? Well, I haven't. And I know why. You see, because I am a great American, I expose you people for what you are. 
I make you look in your own souls and you don't like what you see. So you turn your anger on me. Well, tonight I don't just guarantee victory. Oh, I guarantee victory, all right. But tonight, your worst nightmare comes true. Because tonight, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, tonight at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia, that John Bradshaw Layfield will become the new WWE Champion. As you guys heard, JBL guaranteed a victory at the Great American or at the Great American Bash pay per view, that which I'll be talking about here momentarily. And he also guaranteed victory at Judgment Day. JBL guarantees he'll walk out of the out of Norfolk, Virginia, out of Norfolk Norfolk Sculpt, walk out of. 2004, June 27th, 2004, as the WWE Champion. According to Wikipedia, 6,500 were in attendance to watch the Great American Bash pay-per-view. And here in a little bit, you have, I'll be joined by my buddy Adam to talk the Texas Bull Rope match between Eddie Guerrero and John Bradshaw Layfield. And for this match, you had to touch all four corners in succession, in succession, I was able to uh, say that word that great in the podcast, in the body of the podcast. So yeah, in succession, you had to touch all four turnbuckles. And if your momentum gets stopped, the referee, Nick Patrick, will wave off your lights and say that you had to start all over once again. And if you get, if you intentionally pull your wrist, your hand, out of the uh, bull rope loop, you will get disqualified. Other than that, no rules, I guess, no disqualifications, no countouts, no holds barred, Texas bull rope match for the WWE Championship between Latino Heat, the WWE Champion, Eddie Guerrero, taking on the number one contender, challenger, Texas-born, New York City Trans implanted John Bradshaw Layfield. Toronto, Canada, but we are here in Norfolk, Virginia. What are you doing? A people. I don't know. What's up? The Great American Bass. And coming up next, the WWE title on the line, Eddie Guerrero, JBL, and a Texas bull rope match. I'll tell you, I said on Sunday Night Heat, I think this match, the rules of this thing, was made by Bradshaw because he wanted this qualification. A match being DQ at Judgment Day, Texas bull rope match. The odds are in the favor of JBL with these steps. And this all started in earnest. It became personal at Judgment Day. On May 16th, 2004, John Bradshaw Layfield defeated Eddie Guerrero at Judgment Day. I'm Bradshaw. You may have taken a lot out of me on Judgment Day, Holmes. My WWE Championship at the local. I should be WWE Champion. Eddie Guerrero took the WWE title, brought it in the ring at Judgment Day, and hit me with it for one reason to get disqualified because I had him beat. But guess what, Eddie? Kurt Angle has told me 
that I get the name, the stipulation for the match at the Great American Bash. The match I have chose, Eddie Guerrero will not like. Eddie Guerrero cannot run, he cannot hide, and he cannot get disqualified. The Texas Bull Rope match. One man ties his hand to the one end of the rope. The other man ties his hand to the other. And from there, it's fair game. I will take the WWE Championship home with me to New York City. New York City? a little banged up just like you're gonna look at the great American bash Eddie Guerrero this is past personal do you even know what a bull rope match is I will bash you into oblivion let's cut the talk and let's walk the walk Holmes if I have to destroy myself to destroy you that is what I will do This is the Dirty Dog Darts. Welcome to the Doghouse Podcast. Here to talk about the John Bradshaw Layfield Eddie Guerrero Texas Bull Rope match from 2004. It's my buddy Adam. Adam, how's it going? It's going well. How about you? It's going well. I am happy to get you on the podcast and talk about a match that, from the Facebook messages that we've been sending to each other often on the last two nights, so I, so I like that you weren't really too big on watching an older match. Yeah, I'm not a too big fan of, like, older matches, but, like, it was quite the interesting match to watch. Like, it had enough action in it. Like, just the older ones can, I don't know what's about them, but not a huge fan of those as much as, like, the newer stuff, even though I know people like the older stuff better just the opinions yeah you mentioned uh, you really didn't like much of the older stuff and for me i don't feel like 2004 is really that old but then again i was watching wrestling during this time what uh, i know we've talked about this before when, when we first met and all that but for the listeners of the podcast what got you into pro wrestling and when did you start watching wrestling all together well i was uh clicking through some TV channels, and I just saw that I think it was Monday Night Raw that was on, so I just decided to tune in, and then after that, I just kept watching, and then I just started, I, I would go, I've been to a few events, so I bought some, we bought some tickets to that, and I went, and those have been really fun, i just been watching. I know you're a big Brock Lesnar fan, and he's been in the news Lately, the last week or so, as of us recording last weekend, Brock Lesnar defeated Mike Hunt at UFC 200, and it came out, I think it was last night that he failed a drug test from uh, that UFC had him do. It sounded like it hasn't officially came out what he 
failed or what popped him on the test, but what is your thoughts on Brock Lesnar and him going back to the UFC? I thought it was interesting. He he hasn't been back for like four to five years, and I know he has that stomach issue, and that really could affect his UFC career, but he went back and fought Mark Hunt and won. Did you watch his UFC match by chance last weekend? I did not, but I saw a little bit on Snapchat of him. Uh, just, like, little, like, highlights, but, like, it was, like, a few seconds long, and it just showed, like, him throwing Mark Hunt against the... Uh, cage or the octagon and then throwing him to the ground being his head in a little bit because I heard that I watched uh, I watched a live stream on Facebook and Mark Hunt said that he was going to punch Brock Lesnar's face in <laughs> and I'm just like you're talking about Brock Lesnar here come on let's get real yeah, that. Well, I I haven't really watched anything yet. I've heard there's some YouTube clips out there, of, like highlights of the match, their fight, and so I think I've seen a few of the Snapchat clips too. And well, yeah, I, I'm just happy that Brock won. I'm not really too happy that he got popped for whatever, whatever drugs or steroids or weed or whatever he. You know, came up on his test. You know, I what reports I've heard, we won't know until for probably a month or two. But I, I before the news came out the last week, I felt like it was awesome for the WWE. I, I, good, great for WWE that one of their guys from their active roster went to the UFC, and uh, after four and a half years or whatever it was, that Brock came in and dominated his match and came out seemingly untouched. Yeah, he was... Because he, like, seemed to really dominate the match, like, in the clips that I saw. I don't know how much Mark Hunt had. Like, I don't know, like, what the start of the match was like, because I didn't watch it, and I don't know if Mark Hunt got, like, destroyed by Lesnar just in the first, like, few seconds. Or, like, Brock just jumped on him right away. Or, like, Mark Hunt, like, I don't know if Mark Hunt got a few hits on him, but I don't know. I haven't watched it, so I wouldn't know. And WWE ha- did announce within the last week or two about that SummerSlam will be Brock Lesnar taking on Randy Orton. I know we've talked a little bit, you know, yeah, through messages, but what is your thoughts of Brock Lesnar coming off his UFC victory to challenge Randy, Randy Orton? I think it's going to be interesting with the fact that we haven't seen Orton for, like, a long time. And, of course, UFC is different than the WWE. But, like, I I suppose if uh, they made this match, Randy Orton is moderately ready for it and training for it. So, I don't know, like, who's gonna win like for me it's really hard like I know it's Brock Lesnar but Randy Randy Orton is also a pretty tough guy but I would say maybe Brock Lesnar 
since he's got a little bit more of a brutal uh, fighting style. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to you know for the build up, build up of the match. I'm excited to see what happens between Brock and Orton since, like I said, Orton's been out for a while with injuries and all that, and Brock is coming off this awesome UFC fight. I'm excited to see a possible RKO out of nowhere, possibly out of the F5. Yeah, that would be really interesting, because, yeah, we haven't seen Orton for a while. I He may have had surgery. I don't know. Did Did you hear anything about surgery, or is yeah, that just... I thought he had uh, shoulder surgery end of last year or something like that. I know he's been having shoulder and neck issues off and on for the last several years. And I'm sure he's been off not because of surgery, if not surgery, recuperating, letting his shoulder and neck uh, yeah, recoup and all that. Yeah, that's because you have to do that. Like, there's no getting past it. Then, uh, I know you mentioned earlier that when we first started recording about that you felt like this Texas bull rope match uh, from the Great American Bash was interesting and all that. Did, were you around when JBL was still wrestling? I don't think so. I know that I've, like, I can't, like, really remember who I almost started with. I know one of the matches I did watch or one of the ones I tried to watch a little bit was of Hell in a Cell with uh, Ryback versus CM Punk. Okay. And, and Ryback uh, slamming him on the top of the cage. But I can't remember who was all wrestling. I know for sure CM Punk was around. Okay, because I, I think during that feud, JBL would have been retired for a few years. I think he may have been... One of the color commentators for on Raw during that time, I don't fully remember. I don't think I ever remember him wrestling. Other, maybe he jumped in on a Royal Rumble. I don't know. He could have. And have you really <coughs> watched much Eddie Guerrero before? I didn't. I haven't seen like much of his matches, and that was one of watching the that the one match. We're going to be talking about that is probably one of the most like matches I've watched like all the way through. I could have watched one, but I don't remember right now. And have you? I'm sure you've I've seen Eddie Guerrero's widow, Vicky Guerrero, on TV before, right? Oh yeah, I'm definitely glad. <laughs> I saw her like I th- I don't know if it was on YouTube or if it was on. A live show, but she came out, and I was like, "You're kidding me!" Like, I hope she doesn't come back because <laughs> not many people seem to like her. To be honest, I am one of the probably few that actually like Vicky Guerrero. Oh wow! <laughs> but then again, that I'm also a guy that likes the bad guys a lot more than the good guys. Yeah, that's true. And what what is your thoughts on the? Bullrope match that that you, that we will be reviewing. What's your thought? Have you really seen many bull rope or strap matches where the way to win you have touch all four corners and and concess uh, in succession? I have seen one of them. Yes, I 
I don't know if it was Seamus in Big Show or not, but I know I've seen one before. And they are they're pretty interesting because, of course, they're tied together and, like, they have it around their wrist. And, like, in the Texas pole rope, ma- pole rope match, they had a cowbell in the middle of it to switch up the whole thing of how the match went with the fact that JBL had, like, he's from Texas, and they had a cowbell in the middle to use as a weapon. Which I really like, because, yeah, because I think normal strap matches, I guess, depending on the rules, you are, you're only able to use a strap, and uh, for this match, also the cowbell as a weapon, and anything else you're not really able to use. Um, since Michael Cole was the play-by-play man for this match, and is the voice of the WWE now. What was your thoughts on hearing uh, the 2004 version of Michael Cole for this match? He really didn't sound different than he does now. Like, like Michael Cole, not many people, like not many people like him. Some people do, but like he, not really much has changed with his ring announcing. Not that I know of back then than he does right now. Then, since Taz was his color commentator, what, what's your, what was your thoughts on Taz for the match? I wasn't really, I wasn't really sure who he was. Like, like I know I listened to Michael Cole, but I was like so focused in on the match a lot. Fair enough. Then, also, this coming week on WWE, they're going to be bringing back the draft. And what what's your thoughts on the upcoming draft? And are you looking forward to it? I am. I would like to see some returns for it. Um, I don't know. Anyone could return, really. Uh, I don't know who is going to, but I won't get to watch it, actually. Oh, because of work, I take it? Yeah, I'll I'll be at work, sadly, but I will for sure be watching it on YouTube. uh, Or try to catch clips of who returned or who got drafted. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens. I've been hearing rumblings that they might uh, split the WWE title into two world titles again. At least I hope not because I like having one world champion, but guess what is your thoughts on having two world titles compared to one? Like with one at SmackDown, one at Raw? Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I haven't seen that before, and it's just weird because you always see the champion now jump between like like show to show and it it's a little bit I wish like it'd be nice but it would be it'd be completely different and it would be sort of yeah just be a different feel to it to have two different champions and the two different shows Smackdown and Raw for me I guess I would rather have one world champion I guess is the older fan in in me coming out, but I'd love to see one world champion kind of do like what Brock Lesnar did a few years back when he was WWE champion, just jumping back and forth between show and show with feud and feud, and when he, let's say if he's on Raw, let's say Seth Rollins wins the title on Raw this week, and let's say he's on Raw competing against Dean Ambrose for the world title at SummerSlam, then on SmackDown, 
They have a number one contenders match at SummerSlam. Then at the next pay per view, have Seth Rollins jump over to SmackDown and yeah, feud with that that number one contender challenger. I guess I'd rather see that than having two world titles again. But I like I said, I guess that's just the older fan in me coming out. Yeah, I'm sort of with I'm with you on that. I I do like one over two. It's just older fan sort of thing. Just not used to it at all like it just sort of sounds better to have one because i know yeah during this time in 2004 there were two world champions one on raw the other world heavyweight title the big gold belt that was was you know brought in from wcw then yeah jbl's or yeah jbl jbl eddie guerrero's wwe title and all that so have you really, seen, you know, for this ma- kind of tie it back into this match? Have you really seen that is under the WWE title before? That kind of title? Yeah, that Eddie Guerrero came out with. I haven't. I've seen the only ones I really saw when I started watching were like, like when I started watching the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship weren't one; they were two separate titles. So I lot so when I started watching a lot of those like nowadays titles were all separate. Then um I guess we can uh, get get into the match. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know you were messaging me right when you were starting out the match. What was your thoughts on the video package building up hyping up the match? I thought it was interesting. I thought JBL had a lot to say. He had a he had a lot to say about him and Eddie Guerrero, yeah, sort of did. But when I think it was yeah, JBL no Eddie Guerrero no JBL came out first. Yeah, JBL came out first. Yeah, yeah, in the big limo and horns on the front, and he had the guy open the door, and then when he came out, he was like he he just looked completely serious like no smile at all like getting so jacked for the match that he's going to be in and then Eddie Guerrero and then he and then he starts to walk a little more and he starts smiling yeah because I don't uh, build up to the match that yeah they fought at the pay-per-view prior and at the end of the match Eddie Guerrero got himself to a squalified because JBL brought in a steel chair and brought in the title and JBL threw the chair in first to distract the referee. And when JBL came in with the belt, Eddie Guerrero low-blowed him, then grabbed the belt and hit JBL with it, which you know, led to this match where, at that time, Kurt Angle was the SmackDown general manager wanted to give the bad guy the stipulation because in the bad guy's eyes, the, Eddie Guerrero cheated to not lose the belt to JBL at the pay-per-view prior. So... JBL was, yeah, like I said, more serious on, on wanting to actually defeat Eddie Guerrero and win the title at this pay-per-view. And I feel like, like I said, JBL coming out of the limousine, being more serious, I think, puts over the fact that he was taking this match more serious and wants to walk out as WWE champion. That makes sense, yeah. Then I know, to me, when the match started out, that Taz was putting on putting over that both guys are right handed, which is why the referee was putting the bull rope around both guys' left wrist. What was your thoughts on 
I guess, yeah, you kind of uh, talked about it before, but what is your thoughts on both guys having to have the bull rope wrapped around the wrist at all times? I think that's interesting, and, and I know during the match it did come off of Eddie, Eddie Guerrero and that he didn't get disqualified because it was on accident and JBL just sort of, like, it just sort of slipped off and came loose. Like So that's, like, understandable with that, but it's so crazy, like, how when, like, they're trying to get all four corners and if you get three and then someone tries to hang on to the rope or, like, gets out of the ring, it's just, it's almost impossible to get him back in. Yeah, because one thing I really enjoyed about this match, and for the longest time this was my favorite match probably for three or four years after this match happened in 2004. I felt like this match was based around the psychology of using the bull rope. As of, you know, like when Eddie Guerrero would hit, yeah, like you said, three turnbuckles and go through the fourth, JBL would lay on the mat and kind of wrap his feet around the bottom rope for Eddie couldn't go out or vice versa. Or or when Eddie was going for the fourth turnbuckle, JBL would roll out of the ring Stopping Eddie's momentum and all that, so I, I really, I personally really like seeing that and them using, you know, like I said, the bull rope to their advantage in the match. Yeah, they, and then yeah, like they were using the cowbell, and then like I saw when JBL put uh, Eddie Guerrero upside down on the turnbuckle and went behind it and went behind him on the mat and just pulled. And strangle them a little bit upside down. Oh, yeah, the trio spot, yeah. Yeah, and I'm surprised Eddie Guerrero came out of that pretty good. To me, I guess I totally forgot about that spot before, you know, rewatching it and all that. And, and like, 2004, stuff like that, I guess, kind of was a commonplace on more of the brutality that we saw in that spot. And we really don't see that much in 2016. I guess yeah. It's not like you were kind of surprised to see see that spot when you were watching the match. Well, it's just like it was pretty brutal, and like it, like you got to take into consideration like that WWE has became more of a family show uh, in in the last couple of years, and back then it was a little more brutal because you could say it wasn't a completely family show back then because of what they did. Yeah, for sure, and um, I guess, you know, kind of talked about the brutality and, and all that. Um, GBL and Eddie Guerrero kind of did a callback spot from their Judgment Day match that uh, that GBL threw Eddie Guerrero over the Eng- English announcer's table, and Eddie Guerrero kind of flew, or, yeah, flew over towards Michael Cole and Taz and then grabbed a steel chair and laid GBL out with it, and you know, especially to the head, and it seemed like the, it wasn't really as protected as, you know, JBL put his hands up for it. What I want to get your thoughts on unprotected chair shots. Well, chair shots are always bad if you go for the head. Like, like it can make people bleed more, but, like, in the back, it can just, like, hurt them pretty bad. But the head shots are pretty, are pretty hard shots, like, that can seem like it can hurt, like, a lot. Yeah, because it seems like WWE's been trying to, well, since 2004, that it's like WWE's been trying to clean up a lot of the headshots and 
try to help protect the pro wrestlers a lot with Eddie Guerrero's death in 2005 and the whole Chris Benoit tragedy in 2007. Um, yeah, because like nowadays, if we see chair shots, it's usually like to the stomach or to the back and all that. And just you we know, were watching this match and seeing the chair shot to the head, it was for me. It was hard to hard to see with all the news on the concussions and all that nowadays. Yeah, because you always see you always hear about wrestlers these days going out because like like when Enzo got thrown like towards the rope by like either I think it was the New Day like one of one of the guys threw him against like the ropes and he went he tried to like slide out but like oh he, yeah that was I think payback against the Vaude villains or something like that a few oh, yeah, back must have been yeah that makes sense now but like yeah he got he got his like face right into the he like bounced his face off the rope and then hit his head on the ring and went out like and it knocked him out for a while. Yeah, that yeah, I know. I remember the end of the match right right then and there, and ended, I think considered it a no contest and all that. So I am definitely happy that their WWE and wrestling in general are trying to clean up their image and help protect the guys a lot more than like like in this match that we're reviewing. Yeah, because that the that one was like really bloody and like crazy, like how. Um, JBL threw uh, Eddie Guerrero from pulling him on the rope, and then he hit the table. He flew over. The table didn't break on that, and then he takes him over and then slams him through the table again. Oh, yeah, and like it, a p- powerbomb spot. Yeah, and then it broke. And it's like, oh, it had to hurt because, like, when you see that kind of stuff and you see the table not break, it's got to, it's just, like, pretty hard to see because you're just like, Wow, like it must hurt more because it didn't, it didn't give. Now, I know we we kind of talked about blood a little bit. I feel like their this Great American Bash match wasn't as bloody as their Judgment Day match. Uh, what is your thoughts on the amount of blood that they used in this Borough match? The end when Kurt Kurt Angle came out and like when JBL looked over to him and had, like, the title, he was just, like, so bloody. Like, because when he got hit the chair, hit with the chair at first, he was just, like, a little stream, and then, like, at the end, it was just flowing. Yeah, because, like, yeah, for me, it's kind of hard to see the blood nowadays watching going back because, yeah, Vince McMahon in the WWE doesn't allow much blood anymore unless it's, hard way and back then they are known for blading themselves if you know if you heard that terminology before yeah like like they take a blade yeah, and, and cut themselves uh, yeah so I know Vince is trying to I'm happy you know with the concussions and blood issues too that the industry has been a lot cleaner to try to keep the guys safe and all that and just you know, watching seeing JBL's face covered in blood ways made, made, made me feel uncomfortable because yeah, we don't see that that blood that much blood that often nowadays. Yeah, we really don't. It's just a lot of hits and pain. 
And one thing I really liked seeing in this match was when uh, Eddie Guerrero went for the frog splash from the top rope, his finishing maneuver that instead of going outside the ring and climbing up the turnbuckles like he normally does, he kind of backed up to the turnbuckles and climbed up it, then hit the frog splash. What was your thoughts on seeing a top rope maneuver like that with the bull rope around his wrist? That was really interesting because that could have went bad. Like JBL could have got up and pulled him down from it. But JBL JBL was so out of it like that he couldn't even get up from that. Like he really did good with the fact that he didn't get pulled down and it went well for him. Uh, the finish of the match came when Eddie was uh, laying a beating on the JBL with a bull rope, bashing it on JBL's back. Then Eddie started to walk and hit the turnbuckles, and you know, for the first two turnbuckles, Eddie didn't realize JBL was right behind him, hitting the hitting the turnbuckles as well. Then when Eddie was going for the third turnbuckle, JBL came up and closed on him from from the back, hitting the third third turnbuckle at the same time. Then when JBL went to hit the fourth turnbuckle, Eddie ran towards like the second turnbuckle, the opposite corner to stop JBL. Then right at the end, Eddie ran towards JBL, tried to jump over him and hit the term, fourth and final turnbuckle. And with the original camera angle, we it looked like Eddie was the first one to hit the turnbuckle. Uh, what was your thoughts on the initial ending of the match? I thought it was fair because if you see, if you saw that as Eddie winning, like. Like, that's just because the camera angle, but I think it's fair because I feel like Eddie sort of did push JBL into the ring, and, like, when Kurt Angle came out and said, like, it doesn't really matter what part of your body hits, it makes sense because, like, he sort of just pushed him right into right into the ring. Yeah, because, well, yeah, talking about Kurt Angle, the general manager of SmackDown, coming out, and, you know, because I remember Kurt saying that as general manager, he has to make the right call, even if it, you know, even if the call might not seem fair and all that. And, yeah, we saw that different camera angle. We saw that yeah, JBL's shoulder hit first and all that. And I feel like, you know, them having the camera right there to watch that. And we originally didn't see that the first time around. I really liked, I really liked that touch. Yeah, it was, it was, it's good that they have a lot of cameras so you can actually see what the real call is. Then what was your thoughts at, after Kringle left, after JBL walked out with the title belt with the, all his face in the crimson mask of blood, what was your thoughts on the fans cheering, cheering Eddie on and chanting his name at the end? I actually didn't watch, like, the full end. I sort of, like, just saw a little bit, but I can see where chanting him on would be a really nice, respectful thing. Like, I remember when uh, one part they started, they did chant on uh, Eddie, and that was, like, really nice. Okay, yeah, what was your thoughts on, so if I remember correctly, when Eddie's theme song, you know, hit, and he came out in his lowrider, it's like the fans have popped, Loudly for him, and we're happy to see him. What was your thoughts on the reaction Eddie Guerrero got throughout the match? They were, they seemed to like, um, 
they seem to like Eddie a lot more than JBL. So they actually did get pretty loud. Like, yeah, they've been louder for like Daniel Bryan and like these days at like WrestleMania and stuff. But like they had a pretty good reaction to him coming in, and I, yeah, during the match. And what was your thoughts on JBL being kind of like the big bully bad guy throughout the match? That's just interesting. Like, it's sort of just basic JBL there. He just seems to like the bad guys. Like, if you hear his commentating today, it's just like he talks like he always likes the bad guy and stuff. (laughs) I think that might be why I get along with JBL so well. Both of us like the bad guys. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. And Adam, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And Eddie back into the ring, now out on the other side, John Bradshaw Layfield, the number one contender in trouble. Wait a minute, Eddie Guerrero ripped across the table, almost in my lap, into the ring announcer. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie went a lot of velocity, got shot right into us here. I think he was able to Wait a minute, the champ got You just heard the chair shot from the Texas Bowl Rope match between Eddie Guerrero and John Bradshaw Layfield. One of my favorite matches growing up in 2004. It was probably my favorite match for a few years, probably until 2006, 2007, 2008-ish. And all that, I want to thank my buddy Adam once again for coming on the podcast, taking out... You know, before you know, while recording the podcast and just skyping all together about an hour of his time, I appreciate appreciate his time and all that fun stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing my buddy Adam on the podcast. I will be calling my brother Daddy Sunshine to get his quick thoughts on this JBL Eddie Guerrero feud and the upcoming draft and the whole news with Brock Lesnar right. Now. Hello? Oh, yeah? Oh, no. You don't say. No, do you? I have Daddy Sunshine on the line. Daddy, I remember back in May of 2005, us going to the Target, Target Center to watch Judgment Day 2005. A year prior, JBL won the WWE title from Eddie Guerrero at the Great, Ameri- uh, the Great American Bash in the Texas Bowl match. I want to get your thoughts on 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 JBL back in 2004. Oh, back in 2004. Well, pardon me for stuttering. I can say back in all four, JBL was doing his whole uh, uh, stockbroker gig, I guess, if you want to call it. And, but I kind of like JBL better back in his AP days with uh, with what was wrong. But him and Eddie, they definitely had a heck of a feud back in was it all three and all four. Why? I know you mentioned you just mentioned that you didn't like JBL's. 
heel character, the guess modern equivalent to the Million Dollar Man, and liked him when he was the APA. Uh, during this feud with Eddie Guerrero, JBL did come out saying that in pro wrestling, he didn't take it as serious as he did, you know, the stock market or whatever else. That he felt like it was more important important in wrestling to have fun, drink beer, have a good time with your friends. Why? Why did you like that part of his character in the APA than his singles run? Uh, just because at least when he was, you know, like we were teaming up a run, he was, you know, more of like the laid back ass kicker per se than, you know, when you went in for like the stockbroker part of it and more of the, you know, where you're cooking more for the money involved than I guess. Then you mentioned you know, the feud with Eddie Guerrero, which also I'm doing a series on. What was your thoughts on Eddie Guerrero back in the day? Well, I was going to say, I, to me, Eddie, he was a heck of a wrestler, especially after WCW closed. And they, I thought WWE did a good job in, you know, putting him and the rest of the guys over for for uh, their talent-wise. So I thought Eddie, he was a heck of a guy. Did you like Eddie Guerrero being WWE champion? Uh, me personally, yeah. Then since yeah, Brock Lesnar's been in the news last week with his UFC victory at UFC 200 against Mike Hunt and failing a some kind of drug testing within the last couple days, uh, what was your thoughts on Eddie, Eddie Guerrero defeating Brock Lesnar to win the WWE title in February 2004? Um, actually, I thought it was well overdue for Eddie to win the title and all that because he, he was like one of the main underdogs at, for winning the title. Then what is your? I feel like you're more in the pop or in the pop culture scene than I am. I used to be able to keep up with the news more often than I can. Uh, what is your thoughts on Brock Lesnar coming out or being what retired from UFC for four and a half years or so and coming back? And having his first UFC fight and winning last weekend. Um, actually, I think they should have had more of a more of like a I don't know where he would have had a draw or a loss on this you know comeback, but I mean they're going to do what they want to do, I guess, when it comes to Brock. And since the WWE is having a draft, their 2016 draft on the first SmackDown Live on Tuesday, what are what are your initial memories from the first draft back in 2004? Or back in 2002, I should uh, say. I was going to say, actually, I really don't remember much of the draft from back in 2002 just because I really didn't have much time to watch wrestling, especially with a newborn. So. Well, because what, uh, what I can remember is I, I think once in a while you taped Raw for me if something big was happening, and I remember giving you a blank VHS tape and asked you to taped the draft for me because you know, Ric Flair had Raw, Vince McMahon had SmackDown, and in the main event, Triple H was defending the undisputed title against Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon. Oh, I was going to say, well, yeah, cause I remember, you know, me doing that for you with the blank, you know, VHS tapes and all that, so. But, yeah, I don't remember too early much about the draft from back was it all 2 or all 4 or whatever it was. Daddy, thank you for your phone call, and thank you for coming on the podcast for a few minutes. Oh, you're welcome. That was Daddy Sunshine. Daddy, thank you again for answering the phone. Let me talk to you for a few minutes, getting your quick thoughts. Listeners, thank you guys for 
downloading the podcast over at MidEventStatus.com. Again, that's MidEventStatus.com. Over at SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash Radio. Again, over on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash Radio. We are on iTunes. Search out the master feed of Main Event Status Radio. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get all the Doghouse podcasts. Get all the Main Event Status Radio podcasts. You get whatever else I record. Gets uploaded, podcasts, edited, all that fun jazz. Main Event Status Radio on iTunes. Hit the subscribe button. Please rate and review. For I know what shows you like, what shows you didn't like, what shows you guys will want in the future and all that. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Daddy Sunshine, for coming on. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is the Dog House Podcast. Listeners, I bid you adieu. Shame to cry, ooh, baby. Here I am, signed to deliver. I'm yours, ooh, yeah. I went and said goodbye, and now I'm back, and I'm ashamed to cry, ooh, baby. Here I am, signed to deliver. more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good.